hour number three of the Bill Michaels Show. Thanks so much for uh, joining us, as always. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Stoley's Hog Alley out there in Oconomowoc in Summit. And, uh, man, they finally have, uh, I was out there yesterday in the area. I drove past, and uh, they got all the railings and everything up for the upstairs deck now. So they are anticipating summer like many of us, and I'm looking forward to it. The upstairs outside deck. Man, once that's done and uh, finished, that'll be uh, just beautiful. Can't wait. Can't wait for motorcycle riding season, all that kind of stuff. So, good stuff. Um, 877-867-1670. If you want to find us, uh, go ahead and give us a shout. Uh, this one's from R2 says, uh, yes, we are all tired of the Aaron Rodgers talk, but you know as well as we do, we are all waiting to hear some final answer as to whether or not Rodgers will or will not play. For the Green Bay Packers. Uh, right? Uh, he also says, uh, go Badgers coming up tonight. Uh, Badgers coming up. What's that, a 5.30 tip time, supposedly, tonight, Ben? In yes, Big Ten tournament? 5.30. Yeah. Yeah. Badgers are two-point underdogs, the last yep. I checked. Um, yeah, I look, uh, they just need this one. They're not going to the NCAA tournament, at least a consideration without this. We're going to talk more coming up with Mike DeCourcy of the Sporting News and Big Ten Network coming up here after the bottom of the hour. So stay tuned. We'll talk, we, we will divert away from some of the Aaron Rodgers stuff and such, and we'll talk a little bit more uh, about that coming up here in just a bit. So um, just, just an FYI. Uh, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Uh, Travis says, Packers should trade Aaron Rodgers to the Bears, where he can then become the first player, owner, and stroke his huge ego in Bears history. He already owns the Bears. We know that. Boy, they'll miss that rivalry, right? Won't have that anymore if he moves on. Uh, this is our buddy Stephen Richfield says, Good day. You brought up the fact that LaFleur sounds borderline idiotic, so he doesn't offend Rodgers. If Rodgers does indeed go on. Do you think that he changes his approach with Jordan Love? Do you see him being more vocal and more demonstrative? Boy, that's a great question. I I do. I see Matt LaFleur being more of what we saw out of Matt LaFleur the first year. At least I would hope. That he can then not necessarily flex his muscles, but he can breathe. You know, now it's just about coaching a team. You're not worried about, you always have to worry about the egos. You always have to worry about the camaraderie, the, the feel inside a locker room. That, that, that's always a given. But I think that you have such a large figure in your locker room that you, that is, you know, I know Aaron Rodgers always says, oh, I don't listen to the white noise. Yes, he does. He's, he's, he's proven to be unbelievably sensitive to the white noise. You know, a lot of guys don't even say anything. They just go about their business and, and walk away. Rogers speaks of it, and and Mike Clemens has alluded to this numerous times, where he'll bring it up on his own, on McAfee, about something, some slight that nobody even knew about that is just out of nowhere. And you talk about a guy that, that listens to damn near everything um, and pretty much has. Now, on one hand, it's what drives him. So you appreciate that. On the other hand, you and I both know there are times you just, you know, just let it go. It's like, you know, what's being said is true. 
you know, um, my dad always told me, you know, hey, if, if, if your boss or somebody's saying something and you don't like what's being said, then work harder. And that's true, you know. And if Rodgers doesn't like them talking about the future, doesn't like them criticizing his play, but if it's true and you didn't have a great game and you missed a couple of reads, you know, you don't need to throw a guy under the bus. But you can just say, you know, hey, offensively we were a little off today in certain areas, you know, uh, a couple of mix-ups here, you know, whatever. I mean, at least you're being more honest about it and not saying, well, you know, uh, we got to look at the tape and that's unacceptable, but we'll get better. And But but there's no – what's unacceptable? Play calling? Not not getting the, the running back the football? Is, is is that you calling that? Is that Rodgers at the line of scrimmage? Is is it that the running back doesn't want the ball? I mean, I mean, what what what's unacceptable? Yeah, you know, missed a couple of plays here, missed a couple of blocks here, missed a couple of passes here. Yeah, that's pretty much the culmination of the game. Okay, it's, it's honest. Some things don't need to be said. You don't need to go, boy, Aaron again, man, missed that guy. Had he just put it a couple of inches higher, a couple of inches lower, a couple of inches above the ground, or whatever, you know. You don't need to go that into detail, but, you know, maybe he becomes more of himself the way he was for that guy that went running down the sideline to tell him to throw the effing ball rather than hanging on to it. Run the damn play. Stuff like that. Yeah, I, I'd love to see more of that. Absolutely. He said, I also agree with one of your callers that said that he thinks that the deal is, was in place prior to the Jets contingent going out to California. I don't think that the Packers would let the Jets go out there just to, quote, talk to him. I think the compensation is on the table and agreed upon in principle. Could they be waiting to announce this due to final details of Rogers' salary and who is paying what? Uh, as mentioned yesterday, one way uh, or the other, this saga is coming to an end. As much as I thought he would stay, I am almost glad that he is finally running out of the uh, out, sand, running out of the hourglass. And now that we uh, all think that he is as good as gone, it will be a disappointment if he decides to stay. Lastly, if this does happen, do the Packers take a quarterback in round three through seven of the draft? Do they go look for a free agent like a Gardner Minshew? Uh, and that's our buddy Stephen Richfield. Uh, if Rodgers stays, I think love is gone. I think love is traded, and yes, they have to go find themselves a backup. And then maybe there's somebody in the draft this year, next year, whatever, that they would take a flyer on. Uh, but that's the other thing is that this draft is not – overly quarterback deep. So unless you get another first-round draft choice for Jordan Love, which I just don't think is going to happen, I think it's a second round at best for Jordan Love. But if if do I think that Rodgers is gone? The majority of me, yeah. And that changed, obviously, in the last 24, 48 hours. Because I kept thinking that, you know, if Rodgers really wanted to come back, and was all in, then he'd be back. But, like I've been saying all along, if they felt that, one, Jordan Love was ready to go, I mean, really believed in him, and, two, got the sense that Rodgers really doesn't know what he wants to do and wants to hem and haw and blah, 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 you know, then they probably would say, you know what, time to move on. You know, we want the commitment. And and I go back to what Brian Gutekin said. He said, one, when we signed this contract, we weren't in it for one year. And two, we expect a return on our investment. Those two statements spoke really, really loud. 
Those were the shots over the bow of Aaron Rodgers saying, dude, we didn't sign this for one year. We're tired of the hemming and hawing. You've got to be all in it. If you're not, then move on. And that's why I was hoping that Rodgers would say, you know what? I'm ready to go. I'm coming back. I'm, you know, all that. And just it's it's doesn't appear to be happening. Which, if that's the case, I'm fine with it. I'm fine with that. Because the last thing you want is somebody that's not 100% in the door. If you got one foot out the door and your commitment to being in the door is still wavering, then, yeah, you know, nobody needs that. Nobody at all. And maybe, you know, I, I know some of the other reports today said that, you know, from what they heard, now I don't know who they're quoting on this, but they even said Roger still is contemplating the possibility of retirement. Again, you know, and, and uh, uh, Jack says uh, there, there, there go the Packers pushing another quality quarterback out the door. No, I, no, nope, not this time. They have given all you got to do is say you're coming back. That's it. If Favre says I'm coming back, it changes the dynamic. If Rogers says I'm coming back, I'm all in, it changes the dynamic. All you got to do is say I'm coming back. The one thing you've learned in any area of business is if you're really, 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 really good at what it is you do, your company, your boss, your manager, whatever, We'll, we'll give you leeway. But at some point, they make the decision if you won't. That's it. And then when you look back on it and go, God, I can't believe he didn't chase me out the door. I can't believe he didn't beg me to come back. It's because they're tired of it. All you, This is on you. All you got to do is say, I'm back. And they go, okay, great. That's it. I get at the end of the season, you want to get away for a couple of weeks. You want to go just not think about football. You want to go enjoy yourself. But he was still doing McAfee, still top of mind. I had a, I had a, a buddy of mine yesterday that texted me that said, hey, I hear that he's still not sure if he even wants to come back. I, I said, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not in his head. I couldn't tell you. I don't know what is and isn't true anymore. I don't know. And his question was, what would make his mind up yesterday versus the day before versus the day before versus the day before? I have no idea. I, I don't know. You know what your money is. You know what you're getting paid. You know what you got to do. You know the, you know what it takes for you to, to come back. Maybe if you're sitting there waiting one day to wake up and get out of bed and go, okay, now I got the motivation to work out again. Okay, I understand that. But you also have to understand that I'm laying here in bed today and every the world, the rest of the world's moving on. The sun came up. It didn't. It did not come up because I wait. I got to wait on a decision. The only time the sun didn't shine was the day that I was the four days I was in the darkness retreat, and I was supposed to see the light then. I, I don't know, but I, you know, to blame the organizations. Ted, Ted knew what he had in Rogers. He was ready to get rid of Favre. Him and Favre weren't seeing eye to eye anyway. But again, Favre will tell you. Favre has said to me. I, I should have just said I'm coming back. Favre told us that when we did the retirement uh, discussion on the stage up there at the uh, the convention center in Green Bay. Said I should have just said I was coming back. Made them make the decision. 
because he said I still wanted to play. He knew how Aaron, how good Aaron was. Aaron could say, "Oh man, God, at the end of my career, man, I wish I, uh, boy, if I'd have just stayed in Green Bay, I wanted to play my rest of my career as a Packer." And on and on and on. Shut up! All you gotta do is say I'm coming back. That's it. You get caught up in the drama and the circle and the spin and the media and the discussion and the glorification and, and being up there on that pedestal looking down at everybody until you realize you're all alone. And then what? 877-867-1670. Ben, before we go to break, I want to know what, you're, you're, what you have up your golf sleeve. What oh. is the big announcement in the world yeah. of golf? I didn't forget about it. I was just winding down a little bit of discussion and or but no, I want you to get to it. There's a lot happening. But most importantly, if you turned on the players last year, you noticed a curious golden figure that was programmed into the broadcast that would appear in random places and play the holes. And when it got rainy, he would go and squeegee the holes. He, he was rather hilarious. And people were ripping the coverage because the dude looked like an idiot. He would, like, recreate the tiger putt <laughs> and everything. Right. Going into this year, people were excited. It's like, okay, and they called him Gold Man or Gold Boy. It's like, all right, Gold Boy, it, the trial run was horrible. What can they do? Can they actually go all out and make it more stupid? Well, unfortunately, news came out today that Gold Man is dead. Oh, geez. Yeah. There's, there That's will, not good. There, there will be no Gold Man on the broadcast this year. No Gold Man on the broadcast. Well, that's kind of sad. It's It's very sad, Bill. Croaked off. Yeah. How about that? Yeah, you see that coming. You're coming to Madison for a meeting in a couple hours. Yeah. I don't know if I'm going to make it to that point now. <laughs> Listen, Goldman was a was a pivotal piece of the viewing experience. He was an icon for two days. Yeah. There you go. Okay. Goldman so may Gold not Man. probably will my, not be there. My thoughts are with the Goldman family. Okay. Ben Kenny bringing it. Goldman no more. Wow. Okay. There's. Oh. There aren't many people better at changing a topic. I'm telling you, you that know? was like that was depressing. That was a kick to the beanbag right out of the. Uh, what is the right Rogers out of the, the, the fun and frivolity? That was just you know I was I was lathered up and I wanted some big breaking news in the world of golf and instead you dropped the <laughs> Goldman's dead. Just like wow. Just. It's like throwing a brick in the water, man. <laughs> Compared to the Roger stuff, which is just heartwarming and positive and happy, things of that nature. Okay, there you go. All right, uh, let's do this. We're going to go ahead and take a quick break. Goldman's dead, man. Why wake up tomorrow? I'll tell you that right damn now. Uh, this portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Stenny's Second and National Walkers Point. They're running shuttles to everything downtown, running shuttles to Brewers games when they're back at home. Just keep them in mind. Stenny's Second and National Walkers Point, best wings and such you're ever going to put in your mouth, but they have upped their game in all their facets of food, whether it's pizzas, mac and cheese, you name it, and the Bill Michaels garlic cheese bread and the award-winning Bloody Marys. That is our friends at Stenny's. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Good to have you back, Bill Michael Show. 
Hey, don't forget about our friends over in New Mail Medical, treating guys with ED all over the state of Wisconsin, well beyond the borders, and they have the all-in-one weight loss program. Today, down another pound, so I felt good. I was stuck at 11 for a while, and now I'm down 12. So I'm feeling good, and I was happy to kind of get past that uh, little little stymie that I had going on. But to drop one more today, since uh, I left for Super Bowl, down total of 11. And uh, the best news is, is that it's, it's kind of staying off. Now, weekends is... I've kind of eaten what I wanted, and I haven't necessarily been great dieting-wise, but uh, I'm not dieting heavily. I'll tell you that right now. I'm just eating a little bit smarter. Uh, Try not to eat after like 8 o'clock at night, 7 o'clock at night. And uh, I just now started working out a little bit more, so I haven't even really been working out. And it's been working. So the New Mel Medical Center, 414-455-4451. That's 414-455-4451. Again, 414-455-4451. Five one good stuff from our friends over there at the New Mail Medical Center. New Mail Medical Center. Um, this one is from our diehard Packer dude. It says, "What do you want? Get into the playoffs with Rodgers and blow another year, a couple of decent draft picks, and some excitement for the next couple of years as to what might be." Um, well, that's I guess going by the thought that. If you get to the postseason, you're losing. So here, here's here's my my ask. Okay, let's say, let's say Rogers stays. Let's say they spend the money on OBJ. They draft another wide receiver or tight end. They get Nigba or they get Mayer or somebody that you know everybody loves. Uh, later in the draft, they grab themselves another safety and a defensive lineman. Uh, and the rest of it's depth. And you go into next season with Rodgers and a better tight end, a free agent uh, wide receiver to help the guys that are already there, a second year of Christian Watson, Samari Torre, uh, Romeo Dobbs, better tight end play, two good running backs uh, uh, together offensive line, you're strong defensively. Rashawn Gary's coming back. Stokes is coming back. You picked up your safety. You've added beef up front. And your special teams are still pretty solid. And they re-signed Keyshawn Nixon. So if you go into the season with that, in the NFC, would you not be considered one of the top four teams for a Super Bowl? So you are already going into the season supposedly with the aspiration of being one of the final four for a Super Bowl coming into the NFC. That that legitimate hope is there as opposed to, well, let's see what we got. Ah, the team got better, but let's see what we got. Our hope now is, wonder if this team can even get to the postseason. There's your difference. There's your difference. So you can look at it both ways as to whether or not you need to move on. And, and, you know, the whole thing about the one and done in the postseason, the last three years I can understand, even going back to the year that they lost to San Francisco, people want to lay that at Rodgers' feet. And I get it because the offense played abomination. It was an abomination of an offense. But you cannot forget that special teams gave up points. Special teams gave up 10 points. Right? It wasn't all Rodgers. 
having the ball in his hand late in the game against uh, um, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, yes, I agree with. The way the offense did not play against Detroit to put themselves into the postseason this year, yes, I agree with. Understand all of that. That game, eh, it was kind of a 50-50 mix, right? That was kind of a 50-50 mix. All the rest? You know, the postseason record for Rodgers is still above 500. Correct me if I'm wrong. So I, I'm, I'm not laying that all at his feet. You're, you're just stupid if you do that. It's like this year. Look, Kirk Cousins played pretty well. I mean, they had a really good offense. Their defense couldn't stop anybody. That was part of the problem. We still look at Kirk Cousins and say, Psh, one postseason win. He's made some big mistakes and big moments in the postseason. Yep, I agree with that. But I'm not laying it all at Kirk Cousins' feet. You and I both know we can look at each other, we can talk about it, going, that defense, even when they picked up Zedaria, they had a better attitude. They got after it after that first game. They were on that win streak for a while. They were playing really good football. And then that defense just eroded. It got old really fast. They weren't getting pressure on the quarterback. I mean, a lot of problems popped up. Ultimately, that defense is what cost them. Kirk Cousins will throw picks, no doubt. No doubt. We saw it. We saw it in Green Bay. But Daniel Jones and the and the Giants, they, they move the ball pretty much at will, especially in crunch time. Right? That wasn't Cousins' fault. I mean, I try to look at things. You, you look at it in a blanket, and then you look at it as in a reality. And to, to lay it all at Rogers' feet, I think, is wrong. I absolutely positively will say that there is there is blame to go around, but I <laughs> go to San Francisco. We talk about Mostert running all over the defense. They had no business being in Atlanta. You know, I mean, you can, you can go through the whole litany of, you know, San Fran, or go out to Seattle and the myriad of mistakes that weren't on offense that cost them that game. You know, I mean, you can go through that whole list. Well, but look at his quarterback rating. Well, but yeah, but look at the mistakes that were made. The mistakes weren't offensive mistakes. Had Aaron Jones not fumbled the football, right? Aaron Jones fumbled against Tampa Bay and fumbled against Detroit. Had he not fumbled the football, turnovers kill you. Had Mercedes Lewis not turned over the football. Packers had momentum, and then the minute the turnovers happened, for whatever reason, this team folds up like a bad tent. Is that leadership? Is that coaching? You know, whatever. I mean, it just it just does. So, yeah, you can look at a lot of different things. I get it. But ultimately, eh. So, I'm, I'm, I'm you know, it is what it is. I agree. Play calling against San Francisco got to be a bit of a joke, too. And, and let's not forget San Francisco, they just had kind of put their offensive line back together. You know, everybody was coming back. Injuries were, you know, you're coming back from injury. You didn't have David Bakhtiari, but you were coming back from injury. You know, everybody was back. Elton was back. Billy Turner was back. Everybody was back in their regular positions. And the offensive line was terrible. It was the first game with everybody coming back together. And instead of going, whoa, wait a minute, these guys are rusty and they're facing a really good defense and the defense is just eating us up in the trenches, let's go back to what got us here 
They didn't. You know, they, they didn't. So those are all real things. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. You want to give us a shout? By all means, go ahead and do it. Uh, let's do this. We're going to go ahead and take a quick break. Mike DeCourcy is going to join us. We're going to, we're going to switch a little bit. We're going to come back, talk some bracketology coming up right after this. Stay tuned. we got more of the Bill Michael Show coming up right after this. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. There's a company right here in New Berlin, Wisconsin named Pindell, P-I-N-D-E-L.com. Again, Pindell.com, and uh, they are a quality machining manufacturing company, and they're looking for good people. If you're looking for a job in the machining manufacturing industry, uh, they are hiring, and they pay really well, and they train, whether it's the old-fashioned way or robotics, whatever it happens to be, they'll help you out. Go to Pindell, P-I-N-D-E-L.com. That is Pindell.com. Again, Pindell.com. And joining us now on the hotline, our guy, Mike DeCourcy, a longtime friend, uh, covers basketball better than anybody else that's out there. Mike, how you doing today? I am well, Bill. How are you? I am doing extremely well. We are not going to talk about Aaron Rodgers with you, just so you know. <laughs> so, we're uh, not going to do that. You know, I think I'm, I'm considering when the tournament's over, going like into like a dark thing, uh, going like hiding in the closet for three days. Is that right. what he did? Is that how that went? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was hiding in the closet's probably a pretty good description of it. Yeah, I can go along with that. Yeah, living in the darkness for a while. So, Mike, uh, everybody here concerned about Wisconsin. Right now we assume they're a bubble team, but how badly do they need this one tonight? Uh, I think it's I, I, I think it's uh, uh, non-negotiable. I don't think that they can afford a loss. Now, it, you can always leave open the door for if they were to lose it, that the committee would what we call in the bracket business pulling a Tulsa. I can't remember the years sometime in the last decade or so that Tulsa was so far out of consideration, according to most of the people who follow this stuff, that even their own players like didn't even watch the selection show. They, they were out at the local mall and they started getting texts and say, it said, Oh, by the way, you're in. And then like, who was, uh, so mm-hmm. uh, you can always get that. But if you want to get in through the front door, then you absolutely have to win tonight. I uh, I do like their chances against Ohio State, but tell me about the, this because there's been a lot of these. Oh my God, that was a, a really that was a tough loss, but a good loss against a good team. And, you know, eventually you got to beat some of these good teams, right? Well, the the reason that we're even having this conversation is because they have beaten a lot of those good teams, and uh, they they have more high quality wins than most of the teams that are in their circumstance. Uh, many more, many more than some teams that are well into the field. The problem is that the the computer ratings for them aren't very good, especially on what we call the predictive side, which weights toward uh, margin of victory, power, uh, that sort of thing. And that's not that's where they're not strong. But their schedule has been among the best in Division One. And if they were to win tonight. And, and get to 18 and 13 and then finish no worse than 18 and 14. And, and they weren't to get in. And then the committee with their constant, how hard your schedule is, is a factor would be pretty vacant if they left them out. I mean, 
It, what they do with these games is they divide them up into different quadrants according to statistical history of how difficult it is to win that particular game. And they call them, they call them quads. There's quad one, two, three, and four. And they have played a total of seven of their 30 games in quads three and four. There are teams that, like Duke, that are going to get in easily that have played nearly a dozen quad four games. They've played seven in quads three and four. The entire, they're almost their entire season have, has been played against what are either, what are, what would be considered either NCAA tournament teams or NCAA tournament contending teams. And they've won about half of those games, give or take. Uh, and so to, to be able to say that, I would say that giving them the opportunity to compete in the NCAA tournament would be reasonable. But again, that, that, that has to include tonight. The other teams that I think uh, are a little bit on the bubble, how is Michigan? Michigan in the tournament as of right now? No. Uh, Michigan is on the list of the first several teams out for me. And they were very close to securing a, a pretty good position when they played at Illinois last week and then at Indiana. Really tough stretch to, to close the season, and they took both of those games into overtime but dropped them both. And I think at this point they have to think about looking at this tournament as one they have to win. I don't know that they need to win it, but I think they have to think about it at this stage as something that they have to do. Now, the way to do that, the way to win four in a row, is to think about winning one game at a time, obviously. But, and they have the ability to win four, and even in a field as deep as this Big Ten tournament. With the way Kobe Bufkin has been playing, Jet Howard getting back his, his, his uh, touch, his, his, his rhythm, having missed a, uh, several games, uh, and then Hunter Dickinson with his size and, and ability around the goal, they, they have the ability to win this tournament. And I, I think that incentive, knowing you need to, is sometimes a good thing. The uh, the Big Ten, how many teams do you think they get? I mean, years years past, we've seen just dominance from the Big Ten, and then they get into the tournament, and then all of a sudden they get whittled down to basically nothing. This year, they're not nearly seemingly anyway as strong. So how many teams do they actually get in? And other than Purdue, is there a team that really could get on a run in the tournament and press? I think, first of all, I think that sometimes we get overwhelmed by recency. The, the, the past two tournaments, the Big Ten got nine teams in each of them and then did not do well. But historically, the, the Big Ten has done very well in the NCAA tournament. 20th, 21st century stats are very very good. Uh, since 2010, they're even better. Now, they haven't won a championship, and the people who don't like the Big Ten like to hold that against them. But they've had multiple Final Four teams. I think the most Final Four teams since 2010 of any conference. And and they've also had the second most victories uh, of any conference since 2010, even with the numbers of the last two years, the last two disappointing years. The first one, 2011, excuse me, 2021, I don't think disappointing even covers it. I think that was a flop. Last year, it was just kind of not great. Uh, but 2021, when they had three – they had – three of the best teams in the country in, or four of the best teams in the country in Purdue, Ohio State, Michigan, uh, and uh, Illinois, and they got one team to the Elite Eight. That was a flop. Last year was just a disappointment. And this year, to be honest, with Purdue, uh, they have they, Purdue will either be a one or two seed, and then Indiana will probably be a four, maybe a five if they don't do well this week. And then everybody else is 
basically going to be seeded to lose, either in the first game, which would be Wisconsin's position if they get in, or in on the on by the weekend in the second round. And and people will mock the Big Ten for not producing a lot of Sweet 16 teams and all that, but they seed you seventh or eighth or tenth or whatever for a reason. They expect you to lose those games. Talking with Mike DeCourcy, you can find him over on Twitter at TSN Mike and uh, talking to Bracketology uh, here in the state of Wisconsin. Obviously, Marquette has had a, a hell of a turnaround. Number six in the country, winning the Big East outright. Shaka Smart has turned the program around. Talk a little bit about Marquette and their chances once they get in. Yeah, I, I, I really uh, I love the job that Shaka has done. It's been really invigorating to see that because it, it didn't go well for him at Texas. And sometimes when you wind up taking what turns out to be the wrong job for you, even though you're clearly a gifted coach, sometimes it's, it's really difficult to ever get back your fastball, so to speak. It, the, what he did well at Virginia Commonwealth didn't work at Texas, and they didn't get the players that fit them, and they weren't able to get them connected. And then guys were going early, even after just kind of okay freshman years. And and it really wasn't working. And then he gets Marquette, and he's back to being the coach that we know he's capable of being. And a, a great offensive coach, the number four offense in the country. What they've done with Tyler Kolek has been remarkable. Uh, named today Big East Player of the Year. I, I, I do this thing on uh, a, sh- a television show that uh, FS1 Fox produces called Inside the Big East. And I watched Tyler play last year early in the year, and I didn't know much about him coming into the season and watched him a little bit. And, and, I, and so I got in touch to do a, a little thing uh, about why he's so effective and discovered when they told me, well, he hasn't really been a point guard that long. And I'm like, are you kidding me? This great guy looks like he was a point guard when he was seven. How did he not play it before he basically got to you? That's one of the most amazing things I've seen in 40 years of covering college basketball. A guy who plays the position with that dexterity with that vision with that ability to understand the rhythm of the game and he doesn't have that much background at it it's phenomenal and uh, they've taken great advantage of that i love oso igadaro and his passing ability and his movement i I think that if they get you know excuse me when they get in um i think for them somewhat it's about their matchups uh they need to stay away from the big physical power teams to an extent uh, now, they could bother those teams, but you don't want to be struggling to rebound the basketball, and that's where you can get them. They're not a great rebounding team, so you have to you have to possess the basketball against them. You can't turn it over. You're in big trouble if you turn it over, and you have to figure out how to guard that pick and roll with Igadaro, who can, who can take the ball and make a play. Uh, you, you, there's so many different things they can do when, when they have the ball high, uh, and the ball's either in Tyler or Oso's hands. It's just really hard to defend against them. So I think they can do well. You look at, uh, say, the top seeds coming into this tournament, Kansas, Alabama. Alabama comes in, obviously, with a lot of controversy. Houston, uh, boy, the job Mick Cronin has done with UCLA has been nothing short of fabulous. Talk about some of the top teams and give me the strengths and weaknesses and why they will or will not advance. Yeah, one of the things that's interesting about this field, Bill, and one of the reasons why I think it's wildly unpredictable is that Usually there are certain elements that every team that wins this thing has. And it starts with efficiency uh, and productivity at the offensive and defensive end, easily measured uh, by the the offensive and defensive efficiency numbers at KenPom.com. If you're not top 20 in those two categories, 
you better be pretty lucky. And that was kind of the, the, the way that uh, UConn, which had, I think, the 36th best offense in 2014, was able to win it. But almost every – see, he's been doing these numbers for a little more than 20 years, and almost every single one is top 20 in both categories. And so that's, that's important. And you have to be uh, – you have to have size. That Very few teams without great size. Uh, not, you don't have to have – 6'11", 6'11", 6'11", but if you don't have a guy back there that's 6'10", 6'11", throwing back shots, usually it gets you before you can win six games. Kansas' center, K.J. Adams, a wonderful player, he's 6'7". Last time we had a 6'7 center win the national championship, I was still in college, Bill, 1979. <laughs> uh, that's, that's a long time. Uh, You've got to have first-round draft picks. Uh, you got to have those guys. They, they make a difference when the games get this tight. And there are teams like Purdue that we're not sure that they have them. And it's been since 87 with uh, Indiana that, uh, that they didn't have uh, a, a first-round pick. But they had an all-time great college player in Steve Alford. And they had an all, maybe the all-time greatest coach, certainly in the argument, in Bob Knight. So you, that's kind of what you need. And uh, teams like Purdue maybe don't have that. So that puts them on notice. And uh, so everybody's got this little thing that they maybe don't have that could cost them. Uh, I think it also helps to have a coach who's done it before. It's not that mm-hmm. common that a guy who, who has been who is at his first Final Four as a coach is going to win it. It usually helps to have been through it before. And I, I just, that's not a universal, but it's, I'd say it's without seeing the numbers in front of me, I'd say it's close to 70%. Of, of champions have their coach as a Final Four veteran. Guy got there, did you know? Did great to get there. Uh, they didn't win, and then they came back, and now they're ready to win. Mike, it's always great to pick your brain. I certainly appreciate it. Uh, you know, we'll we'll touch base again, maybe just before the tournament actually gets underway. But what uh, what an exciting time of year, no doubt about it. And I appreciate it, pal. You bet, Bill. Thank you. Thanks so much. There you go. Mike DeCourcy at TSN. Mike over on Twitter. You can always follow his stuff there. College basketball insider, bracketologist. He's just, he's so good. And I've known him since, God, going all the way back to when I was doing Sports Talk Radio in Cincinnati from years and years and years ago. Big Ten Network, Sporting News. He's just, he's fantastic. So thanks to Mike for joining us a couple of minutes uh, on the hotline. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends over there at Dwayne's Cover, D-U-A-N-E-S, Dwayne'sCoverItAll.com. As a matter of fact, I'm sitting here during the last commercial break, uh, and our friends from Stoley's Hog Alley, uh, Jeff Stoley and his great wife, Alicia, they get a hold of me, and they said, hey, we need Dwayne's number. And I said, why? And they're going to—they're getting I just talked about how they, they're finishing up the deck on the, uh, on the upstairs, on the cool renovation upstairs, and he said, we're going to have him uh, do the sales for our business and do the awnings for our business. He's just that good. I, I, doesn't matter where in the state you are, man. I'm telling you, if you need the sales for an outside patio, if you need uh, an awning for a business, uh, whatever it is, he doesn't just do furniture. He doesn't just do boats. He does so many cool things. That's our guy, Dwayne, D-U-A-N-E-S, Dwayne'sCoverItAll.com. That is Dwayne's Cover It All. Dot com. He's up in Wausau, but he does stuff for anybody, anywhere, anytime. So get a hold of our buddy Dwayne at D-U-A-N-E-S, Dwayne's Cover It All dot com. That is Dwayne's Cover It All dot com. And you can call him direct 715-870-2119. 715-870-2119. It's great when the sponsors all get together and they help each other out and it all works out really, really well. Uh, he's such a good dude. Uh, Dwayne's Cover It All dot com. 
This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. to have you. The Bill Michael Show continues on, and I want to tell you about our friend Lisa Lee Ortel Real Estate, and uh, if you are looking for a condo, she's a condo specialist, and in addition to that, works a lot with VA loans, and her husband is a veteran uh, of Vietnam, and uh, she is uh, just a terrific person. We met her last year, and she came on board, and uh, just is just so genuine and so cool to deal with and work with, and if you're in the uh, really anywhere in the state of Wisconsin, but if you're in the, specifically in, say, um, the southern Milwaukee area, Racine County area, Kenosha County area, Walworth County area, if you're in those areas, give her a shout uh, by all means. But otherwise, anywhere in the state, she can handle you. 414-617-6798. 414-617-6798. She's got a team of experts that uh, that work with you. They help you uh, get the lowest closing cost you can, and there's credits and such that are out there. In addition to that, like I said, she understands the VA loan process. She's a certified condo specialist. And uh, if you want to email, you can, lisamoveswi at gmail.com, lisamoveswi at gmail.com. Otherwise, just give her a call, 414-617-6798, 414-617-6798. Coming up after the top of the hour, you are going to want to hear this. Aaron Jones uh, has now spoken. Uh, about all of this, and you're going to want to hear what Aaron Jones has to say coming up about uh, the talks between the Jets and his quarterback, uh, whether or not Jordan Love is ready to go, um, all that kind of stuff. There, there's a lot that uh, there's a lot that's being said and thought, and uh, we're going to bring it to you coming up here after the top of the hour. Ben, did uh, Mike uh, make you feel any better about the Badgers and uh, and getting into the tournament? I feel about the same. I think everybody, he, Joe Lenardi, all the guys that do brackets, they're on the bubble. And you mm-hmm. know, you could project it where we sit today. You know there are going to be a bunch of bid stealers, guys that go and win their tournaments that weren't already mm-hmm. in. So you can almost guarantee if they lose tonight that they're out. Right. But I think it's good kind of to know, for them at least, to know, okay, for, yeah, we have to get this for, one, probably have to get the next one. I think the urgency could help. Yeah, the uh, the you hope because they certainly played like it in the second half of the game against Minnesota. Oh, big time! Like they knew you lose that game and it's done. Your hope is done. So you would assume that that urgency is going to be there today, and hopefully it it turns into points <laughs> and not a lot of really good open looks that just fall you know banging off the back of the rim as we've seen in the past. So I agree with you there. Um, no news, by the way, for those that are tuning in, uh, no different news regarding Aaron Rodgers. We will hear from Aaron Jones coming up after the top of the hour. Uh, I do got a couple people that hit us up about this and Brewers chatter, uh, so maybe we can get into a little bit of that oh, as well. Jackson no. Churio starting today? Yeah. Uh, Game's not on television, up. though. No, it's not. Yeah, the uh, schedule, you got to look for the schedule uh, with the Brewers because some days it is, some days it isn't, some days it's on radio, some days it's not. Uh, anyway, this is nothing new. This is nothing new. Uh, you know, we've we've been down this road before when it comes to Brewers preseason broadcasts, spring training broadcasts. So, and then some days you don't get euchre, some days you do. Just depends. 
Just depends on what uh, Bob's workload. He's on load management already, and rightfully so. How old is Bob? He's like 80, what, four, five, six, something like that? How old is he? 89. 89? I did. I, you know, it's funny because I even thought that, and I thought, nah, I don't want to say 89 and have people go, are you crazy? You're making him older than he is. But I kind of thought maybe he was because he just had a birthday not that long ago. 89 years old, still getting it done. Still getting it done. And is the, uh, boy, I tell you what, that's going to be a sad day. Kind of like the sound of summer in the state of Wisconsin when Euchre takes over the airwaves. Got another hour yet to go. Aaron Jones running back for your Green Bay Packers. Just in an interview with the NFL Network, you're going to want to hear what he had to say. Stay right where you're at. Stay right where you're at. Got more of the Bill Michael Show coming up. It's coming up right after this.